0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on the people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: morning, with that extra hour of sleep, I know everybody's just ready to worship this morning, ready to encounter our Lord, right? Let him speak to our heart, let him speak to our heart, to his living word, right? Come and touch us through the amazing gift of the Eucharist, right? Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, the source and summit of our faith that brings us to this moment, right? This encounter with the living God. Whenever this Uh, Liturgy of the Word is read, it really, to be honest, sitting over there in the presider's chair makes me shake. Right, you see that first reading where, in Malachi, coming very, very very, very hard at the priests. Very hard at the priests. And then our Lord coming back to the scribes and the Pharisees, those religious leaders of the time, those, anybody in any kind of leadership called to lead. That you're leading them astray. This is a moment where you know in the beginning of this homily where I just personally ask for all your prayers for me as pastor at this church and not only for me but for every priest in the world every bishop and every and, and the Pope asking for our prayers we need your prayers because our Lord's very very clear what he says and I think it's the one message we can all go away with today and it's this you have but one master, the Christ, the anointed one. You see, from the pope, to the bishops, to the priests, to the deacons, all the way down to you, laity, we all have but one master, the Christ. There is one high priest, and every pope, every bishop, every priest, the deacons in their role, in their ministerial role, we participate in the one priesthood of Jesus Christ, so does the lay faithful, because we are a priestly nation by virtue of your baptism. And so I think it's important to kind of cling to this notion of we all, all of us, we have one master, the Christ. I wanted to take a moment and just share with you all a little bit of of a work of art from Rome, Italy, Um, my three years over there studying, where I loved going to the church of St. Louis which was on the is on the other side of the Rhine River from St. Peter's Basilica and in that church in the 1599 uh, Caravaggio painted the calling of Matthew that you see up here on the screen the calling of Matthew and it's the call of Matthew and it took him a whole year to paint it so from 1599 to 1600 he spent a whole year painting it they didn't have the luxury of all the digital capability and age to be able to do this. They literally painted it and went back over it and painted it. He was painting in a time in history that was called the Baroque period in the work of art. It was a period in the moment of the Counter-Reformation after the Reformation. Okay? And it was a time where the church was trying to show its glory with the sacraments and the glory and the beauty of the faith. But it can't just be all external art and all this stuff and beautiful churches. It has to be the living stones living it out. But he was trying to communicate a message through this. And Caravaggio was an artist during the Baroque period. And Baroque art, very simple way to explain Baroque art is it wows you. You come into the presence of it, presence of it and you're like, wow, that kind of takes me back. right? If you've ever been to Rome, Italy and you had the grace of walking up to St. Peter's Square you'll see what they call famously called Bernini's arms which is the colonnade the colonnade was also built during the Baroque period of art and the Pope of the time was asked let's put a fence up there let's put a gate up there because that'll make it more elegant And he said no no gate because I want the arms of the church to be open to the world So back before Rome was, is today, there used to be a lot of little houses leading up to it. So you come walking up from the Rhine River and all of a sudden you come to St. Peter's Basilica and you'd be wowed. You'd be like, wow, look at that colonnade. Look at those statues up on top of it. Look at all the saints. All the saints have gone, by!" recalling that just the history of the church from the beginning. So Caravaggio in his work is doing the call of Matthew, one of the apostles. What he was good at is the play with dark and lightness, light and dark. So for those of you who are used to those old Western movies back in the day, when you're watching the Western movie and the movie kind of starts, right? It starts and you hear the rumbling of the wheels of the carriage and you hear the pitter-patter of the hoofs of the horses and you hear a little bit of conversation but you don't see anything at the beginning of the movie. But you know through your hearing that something's there then all of a sudden a big strike of lightning comes because it's raining and then you have through that lightning you have a view of the carriage and the horses and you're like that's what it is that's baroque art a flash of light in the midst of darkness and that's what that's what caravaggio was an expert at in this painting and tying it to the liturgy word today, our Lord speaking to us in the today of our life, I'd like to focus on the person on the far end of the table. The person looking down. Obviously Matthew was a tax collector, we know that, and so we can see that he's looking down and he's looking at money. Money, we can say, well money's just all about money, it's all about money, but oftentimes when we look at that, it's being rooted head down in the things of the world. And you can see that he's got his head's down, he's kinda of going through it, but if you look at the, the, the face, it's like, it's not like he's super happy, he's a little over focused on that, maybe a little distru- discouraged, frustrated or whatever, but focused wholeheartedly on the, on the money, on what's on the table. But the light of Christ is coming in, shining on his hands, trying to get his attention, but he's just focused, eyes fixed down. Now it can be normal when you look at Matthew, Matthew's the one who's pointing, and the artist at the time always painted the people in the clothing that the people wore at the time, okay? So he's there pointing, and it looks like, of course, he's pointing to his heart, right? Are you calling me? But also the finger looks like he's pointing to him too. He's pointing to the person looking down. Right, he's pointing the person looking down. So in life, sometimes for us, we can can have, if we're not careful, we can have other masters. Other masters where there's other things that draw the attention of our eyes and our focus and our heart to what is mundane and what is of the world and try to search out fulfillment in that, to try to search out peace in that. And those things actually can become our master. Okay, He's a little bit in the dark and you can see the dark, but I wanna flip to Jesus. Jesus who's in the light and he's pointing He's pointing to him, the hand of our Lord, the hand of our Lord is the same hand that Michelangelo painted in the Sistine Chapel on the ceiling 100 years before. In the early 1500s is when Michelangelo painted the ceiling. And it's the part of creation where God's reaching out to Adam with a hand just like Jesus, trying to bring life to his light, life. You can see the connection with how Caravaggio went and studied the work of Michelangelo. They didn't have internet and live stream and all this stuff. They really prayed about it. They looked at it. They, they went to other artists and they drew from that. Jesus, obviously, is the light of the world. The life has been in. The light's on him. Peter's with him. And he's pointing. He's pointing in the direction, obviously, of Matthew, but all of them. So Jesus wants to step into our world. That's what should draw us here to this moment to to come encounter Jesus, but also permit him to step into our world, open wide our hearts to our Lord and invite him in, invite his light in. Come in, Lord. I need you to come in. Be my strength. But what's the world going to say to us? What does the world all too often say to us? And if we're honest and we think about for the vast majority of our life, the Kool-Aid that we drank, you know, Kool-Aid, you mix it up, whatever color flavor you want, you mix it up. And we just kind of like drink the Kool-Aid that's out there, right? But what does the world want to say? Well, I'd like to go with a couple famous fast food restaurant slogans, okay? One of them has had a slogan for the past 40 years has been their slogan. 40 years. And they decided that within this year or whatever, they're gonna change it to a new one. They need to make their slogan better, I guess. The slogan for this fast food restaurant is, have it your way, have it your way. Isn't that what the guy's doing at the end of the table? He's just like, having it his way. I, I, I gotta find, I gotta have it my way. And, he, and, 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 and really in trying to have it his way, becoming a, a slave of something else, something else becoming his master. Have it your way. This same fast food restaurant is changing it to, well, that, after 40 years, let's change it to be your way. Be your, what is be your way? You be you, you be your way. Jesus says very clearly, I am the way, right? So it's like, all right, have it your way. All right, that's kind of working out, but we need to be catching now. so be your way, okay? There's another fast food chain one, which is Live Mosque. Live moss, live more, as they're all stuffing their face with food in the commercials. Live moss, is that what it means to live moss, stuff your face with food? That's living moss? Really? Have it your way, gotta have it my way. But our Lord knows our hearts and knows that if we fixate too much on having it our way instead of His way, we get lost in that, and we can truly become servants of another master. Who or what is your master? Who or what is your master? We at times, if we're honest, we can be slaves of our schedules. Instead of our schedules, a slave of us. What do I mean by that? That No, it's got to, what the world's saying we need to do and accomplish, either as a family or as individuals, we got to do it, 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 and there's never a question of why. Because we bought, have it your way. Pursue this. So then our schedules can become our master. Our career can become our master. The date night is falling off. The focus on the marriage and the time I need to spend with my spouses falling off because I find myself too much buried in that spreadsheet, buried in that work. Have it your way. We can find that even in, in a family life for maybe young people. It's like, I don't want to have it my parents way, I want to have it my way. Why do I need to make my bed? Why do I need to help set the table? Why do I need to do the dishes? Why, why, why? And family life is a beautiful way to point the way to Jesus. Obviously, his parents modeling that, but for children to see that in family life, that you can't have a family with everybody just looking down and saying, I'm gonna have it my way. Actually, at times you can see that in restaurants when you go there, everybody's having it their way. You know how you can see that at times? When you see a whole family in the restaurant at the table and everybody's having it their way, they're looking at their iPhone. They're, they're, they're immersed down in this, almost like the coin. Have it, I gotta have it my way. I've gotta find my thing on, on that and I've got it. and you know what that literally means? We call it feeding. I'm feeding myself, right? Here's the question for you and me and all of us. How do we move If we're not there, if you're already there, good for you. If you're not there, I find at times I can slip between both in that way where I want to have it my way in my prayer. When I go to prayer to our Lord, I'm like, Lord, why this? Why this? Why don't you do it my way? Instead of going to prayer and say, Lord, I want to have it your way. Try that in prayer. You go to prayer and you're like, Lord, I'm struggling in my job right now. This is a difficult moment. I'm struggling with this person I'm working with or whatever, whatever. Lord, 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 Lord. I don't want to have it my way. I want to have it your way. How do you want me to love them? How do you want me to talk to them? How do you want me to interact with them? Lord, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in my family. I'm, I'm focused, but really, Lord, I want to have it my way. Fix this relationship with this person. Versus, Lord, I'm struggling here, but I want to have it your way. How do you want me lead, how, how do you want to lead me in that way? To make a shift from have it your way to Lord. I want to have it, have it my way. Lord, I want to have it your way, right? Lord, I want to have it your way. So I'll close with this. Uh, and it's an example of out of the mouths of babes. One dad last, last week was walking out of mass with a little one and uh, said to me, Father, you won't believe it. We're on the highway and we find ourselves in traffic, right? You know how traffic can just really kind of just sometimes get to you, we're running late, so there they are on traffic, they're in traffic, and the little daughter's in the back seat. The little daughter's in the back seat. And the frustration can be as you grab that wheel, I wanna have it my way, this person needs to get out of my way. They're not driving right, they're not doing this. all this stuff in our, and we get this storm going on, and the little girl's in the back seat, and she starts to sing, as we sang at the beginning of mass, right? Glory to God in the highest, right? She starts to sing, glory to God in the highway. Glory to God in the highway. I mean, that's how you choose the right master. I mean, the parent was looking down at the traffic and the child was looking up at the beautiful sky. Glory to God in the highway. Glory to God in the highway. Here's the invitation. Very simple for you and me. Jesus is looking at us. He's loving us. And he's saying, look up. Look up, look up to me. He's saying to you and me, look up. You have one master, the Christ.